On this episode of The Trillist, we have... I was the one in the studio saying, nah, this isn't even a good song. But um, the others in the room were pushing, pushing it forward and they really wanted us to finish. And then the night it dropped, we threw a party. And for, for some reason, people already knew the lyrics. And it definitely is Afrobeats inspired. Only six months prior, Drake dropped One Dance, which was a super slapper. And I kind of based, you know, I, I was looking at beats that producers had sent me. I was scrolling through and, and the finer things beat, you know, it gave off that one dance type of vibe. For more chill content, follow the Trillis Instagram at T H E T R I L L E S T underscore podcast. And check out Sia's Insta at L I N D A L E B B I E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate our podcast it will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends your family your loved ones just share it hello everyone on today's episode i have a musician a rapper who goes by heist aka jonah churik before we begin I just want to ask you, Heiss, about your background, what you're studying, your North Star music, what you can elaborate on that. Hi, Sia. Thanks so much for having me today. I love the Trillist podcast, so it's an honor to be here. And uh, yeah, so some background on myself. I'm from New York City. Grew up, born and raised here. I'm in the business school at Penn minoring in music and obviously music is my is my north star so i'm really excited to be talking about that today thanks for sharing that i love how you have a reach with finance and real estate but also that music minor is really powerful i brought this up to tell you and our lovely listeners that whether you are interested in finance or real estate or you are studying music theory All of that relates to the world, what is going on, whether that be in business, arts, and culture. The Trillist has a wonderful link to The Economist so that all of our lovely listeners and your loved ones can get a discounted 12-week $19 digital subscription. It's amazing. You get to read about arts, culture, music, maybe read about what happened with Tidal being signed onto Square. So that merger is really cool. Get your life. Check out the link in our description and happy reading. As a New York native, bouncing around as a child between 
Philly in New Orleans, Heist has his musical roots grounded in the hip-hop of Brooklyn, pop rap of Philly, and jazzy R&B of NOLA. Heist is heavily influenced by his father, Michael Jurek, drummer of Ultrasound, and grew up playing the drums and piano. Following the connection with songwriter and producer Johnny High, the two of them collaborated on numerous tracks, Romeo, Sweet Sussy, Birthday, and Nuclear Weapons. Until only recently has Heist begun producing records. Cold Cities, Running From Your Love, and Okay, Alright. Tracks that will all appear on his upcoming project. So ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Heist. Thank you so much for coming on, for listening to the trellis and being here. What's up, guys? Sia, thanks so much for having me. This is an honor. The Trillis podcast is legendary and really looking forward to today. To begin, what's your earliest memory of making music? I know your bio speaks a bit about how you're influenced from New York, Brooklyn to NOLA. So can you just tell us about that? I started taking guitar and drumming lessons in middle school. And uh, I remember taking a trip to New Orleans to help rebuild homes after Hurricane Katrina hit. And one day we were walking along Bourbon Street and uh, we stopped to listen to a live band. I remember playing the air drums, you know, like off to the side. And the drummer, he kind of looked at me and he was motioning over asking if I wanted to hop on and take his seat. I hopped right on, started grooving on this funk rhythm that I had learned from my music teacher. And the rest of the band followed along. It was was really hype and uh, definitely one of my earliest memories performing live. And the first song I actually ever recorded with my vocals on it was was titled Waitlist. That was back in sophomore year of high school. And it was produced by one of my good friends who's now at Cornell and goes by the producer tag Lozo. Waitlist is no longer streaming on any platforms, um, but it was it was uh, it was really funny. That's a really sweet antidote. And shout out to you for serving in New Orleans. It's really dope. And also for just taking what your love of music from music class and really developing it into a craft now that's really popular. So for those of you who don't know, Heist has a song with another musician or producer named Johnny High. And the song is Romeo and it has more than 300k streams on Spotify. So that's legit, ladies and gentlemen, like so legit. I definitely see that you have a bright future ahead of you, and I know you'll do amazing things. So I just want to go into how you collaborated with your friend. How did that happen? Uh, Sia, thanks for those kind words. So I actually met Johnny High the first week I got to Penn. And I remember walking into the Walnut House, and I heard fat bass bumps right above me. And so I went to see where they were coming from. I was really, I was interested. And the next thing I know, I walk into this kid's room and he's a whole studio set up right in front of my eyes. It was a blessing for sure to have met him, you know, in the first week of school. Before Romeo, we actually made a number of other songs, including Sweet Susie and Nuclear Weapons, but we released those two after. Going into like a little story about Romeo and the making of it. So when we were in the studio for Romeo, it was really different that day, I remember. Johnny had his keyboard and guitar and his synth pad out, so I knew I knew that things were about to get serious. 
he started playing this guitar loop and added some drums and then the money come money go like that sipping rum in caribbean like that line it just came right to me you know feeling i was feeling the beat and a few of our friends who are also our musical advisors they were just chilling in the room helping us out with a few lyrical tweaks will Helfand, oliver lane jack book and noah weeks are all actually credited on the song for writing credits so if you go into spotify and you look at song credits under Romeo, you could see who, who else helped out with, uh, with the writing and, and, the, and the producing. Um, it's actually really interesting to look back on that day because I was the one in the studio saying, nah, this isn't even a good song. But um, the others in the room were pushing, pushing it forward and they really wanted us to finish. And then the night it dropped, we threw a party. And for, <laughs> for some reason, people already knew the lyrics. And a week later, Romeo made it onto a varsity bars spotify playlist which is a spotify curated playlist you know made by the spotify curators who work there and it started picking up streams really quickly here is a clip of the song we are speaking about walk you through my cash flow show you how I break it down money come money go like that sipping rum in caribbean like that now back to our interview and yeah, just like you mentioned, Sia, about a week ago, the song just hit 300,000 streams on Spotify, which is just a dream come true. That is fire. And I kind of want to delve into when you said you weren't really feeling the song and your friends were like, no, you, you guys should continue with this and release it. Could you let us know why you necessarily didn't like it and what changed your mind later on? Sometimes I'm in the studio and I'm just not really feeling what's being made and I think one of the main reasons I didn't like it so much was because we'd only written the first verse and then the chorus so the song wasn't finished it was completely unfinished and we had left out the second verse and we left out you know the bridge and it just felt like it was missing like this piece that we needed and I didn't feel like it was catchy enough and it wasn't mixed well and and your opinion about a song changes completely when first of all when it's finished and second of all, when it's mixed and mastered, and we only had a draft. So I was thinking to myself, I don't really want to continue working on this song. I kind of just want to move on. So the first day we made it, we kind of just left it as a verse and a hook. And the next week we came back, I came back to, to Johnny High's studio, to, which is in his room. And he was working on the song again. I was like, yo, let's just start a new song. Come on. And he, and he said, no, we have to add this second verse. We're going to go back and forth. And so if you listen closely on the song, we're actually ra- we're, we're rapping back and forth in the second verse. And I think that's really what puts the whole song together is just hearing our voices and hearing our flows go back and forth. It just adds a lot of character to the song, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. And I love that and kind of inspires like back to the listeners that even if you necessarily don't like something at the beginning, just hold on to it finish it, develop it, you can end up, it can end up being like your, your brainchild, right? That golden baby. So thanks for sharing that story. So to move on to one of your other songs, that I really liked personally, because I'm West African. And I noticed that the beat reminded me of Afrobeats. And for those of you who do not know, Afrobeats is a genre based out of primarily West Africa. There's also South African house music as well, but that's a whole other thing. And it has drums, uh, shake your booty to it, and it's very upbeat. I noticed, starting with Drake's One Dance, featuring WizKid, 
with one dance, I was like, oh, okay. Like it was played all over the radio. Everyone loved it. And it kind of told me personally, and as a communication major, I like to study these things that Afrobeats was a genre that was starting to break into like the Western cultural sphere, right? So I loved that finer things kind of gave me Afrobeats vibes and wanted to know like, is it Afrobeats inspired? And if so, why do you decide to do a song in that genre? And I also want to know who produced the beats. That's an awesome question. So finer things was a uh was a high school heist type song. You know, I can't, I dropped that song my junior year of high school. It was actually only the second song I ever put out on Spotify. And it definitely is Afrobeats inspired. I remember only six months prior, Drake dropped One Dance, which was a super slapper. And I was looking at beats that producers had sent me. I was scrolling through and and the finer things beat, you know, it gave off that One Dance type of vibe. Here is a clip of the song we are speaking about. I just want to ride. I don't want to waste no time. Floating up on cloud nine. Close your eyes, let's take flight. Now back to our interview. And back then, you know, in high school, I was really focused lyrically on talking about what I wanted and talking about what I wanted to accomplish. And, And back then it was all about, you know, wanting the finer things in life and wanting to reach this level where I could, you know, fly private and have the things that I wanted and everything was was idealistic in my mind. And so I took this Afrobeats vibe and these these drums on the song and I decided to write about what I wanted in my future. I'm not like extremely familiar with Afrobeats genre, but it was so fun to record that song in the studio because if you listen closely, it's very different than all of my other music. I love the song. And to me, that's my favorite song. So I love how it's kind of like a an older heist thing, you know? So everyone, all of the listeners, go check that out. It's also on Spotify, Finer Things. It's dope. So I kind of loved how you spoke about wanting to manifest the things you wanted. And you also suggested that now that's not necessarily what you do when you write your lyrics, since you said back then. So I want to know, like, how do you get inspired to write? I'm not a writer. I'm not a musician. (laughs) I am not musically talented at all. But I know when I'm like either super pissed or really happy, that's when I go and I journal. So I wanted to know if it's like that with you Are you like Taylor Swift where you write about, I don't know, breakups or like your love life? Like, what's the deal? So writing and lyrics in general are definitely the the most difficult part of the creative process. And I'm sure a number of artists would agree with me, especially because it's it's difficult to portray your thoughts and your feelings into a song in a way that fits and sounds good with the melody, rhymes in, in the correct rhyme scheme. And also, you know, makes sense. And so that's why lyrics usually take the longest amount of time in the creative process compared to like producing a beat or finding the melodies to that beat or even mixing and mastering. These days, you know, when I when I start a song, I try to come up with a theme from the very beginning of what I want the song to be about. And that makes it much easier for the ideas to flow out. And I really want to try to tell a story. 
probably my favorite song to write and that I recorded was Nuclear Weapons. It's a slapper. Um, people always hit me up being like, yo, Nuclear Weapons slaps. Everyone knows it slaps. Here is a clip of the song we are speaking about. I think we're super powerful and we abuse it. We got nuclear weapons, but we don't use them. Now back to our interview. And even though it was my favorite, it was the most difficult to write. And so this is where we get back into the lyrical component of, of making music. So nuclear weapons is based on the, on the premise that everyone has skeletons in their closet, a.k.a. past relationships. And Johnny High and I use nuclear weapons as a symbol for that. So in the song, when we sing, we got nuclear weapons, but we don't use them. It's meant to mean that we, we can bring up our ex with our current partner, but it would only result in nuclear war. And for that reason, we keep them locked away. We keep them in our closets. There's tons of metaphors and symbolism in that song specifically, which is another reason why I love it so much. And uh, Johnny High also produced that beat, and I really get carried away every time I hear it. That's really deep. For anyone who's ever been in a toxic relationship, I'm sure that you would connect with the lyrics. Everyone go check that out as well. Nuclear Weapons on Spotify. All my music streaming on every platform. Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube Music, Google Play, anything you guys want. It's there. So definitely go check out his entire discography. And thank you for sharing about that. So not to be corny, but you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I'm all on the cob. <laughs> uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone listening, you can like cringe or whatever. But 10 years from now, where do you see yourself? I know this question, everyone gets it. But I, I generally want to know, like, manifesting, writing out, flying on a private jet and all of that stuff. What else do you see for yourself? So this is probably one of the hardest questions I'm going to have to answer, especially because, you know, no one can predict the future. Ideally, I see myself running my own label and hopefully I'll be able to have some of my favorite artists signed to that label. I definitely also want to be on the business side of the music industry. I know tons of alumni from Penn that are in the music industry and who are also artists, curators and A&Rs, and the network is really large. I could see myself in any of those positions, but I could also see myself, you know, continuing to work on my own music, which is the stretch goal right now. Nice, nice. And I can't wait to one day look back 10 years from now, 15 years, so on, and tell people, like, I got to interview him while he was at the beginning of his career. Before we end, I want to ask one question and then I want to do a rapid fire like question answer type of thing. Do you have any upcoming projects that people should keep an eye out for? I know when I was reading your bio that we spoke about your upcoming project, but can you tell the listeners more about that? Oh, well, this question is just free advertisement, so I'll take it. I'll take it. Thank you for asking, Sia. So my next single is called Hockey Puck. It's dropping in a few weeks, and it features Jack House, an up-and-coming artist out of Brooklyn, who is also a great friend of mine. And so Hockey Puck is going to be the first single to release on my upcoming project, which is almost finished. And I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing this. It's definitely a banger. 
really different vibe than what I've put out in the past. I'm excited for everyone to hear Jack House and I just grooving on that beat, which was produced by a YouTube producer who reached out to me and sent me a few beats in a beat pack. And I listened through it and I was like, wow, this guy's really good. I'm going to hop on one. It sounds like a Chinese influenced in, in instruments and in drums. And so it's definitely a different vibe than what I put out in the past. That sounds really exciting and really cool. I love how you explore with different influences within your music. That's fire. So my first rapid fire question is, if you were to have dinner or brunch or whatever with any musician, dead or alive, who would it be and why? First, probably Chris Martin, who's the lead singer and pianist in Coldplay. He's a super interesting dude and compelled me to pick up piano and learn all the Coldplay songs when I was a kid. And I remember my dad showing me Parachutes, which was one of their earlier albums. And I was just blown away at how Coldplay can like evoke so many emotions from the listener. I want to learn from Chris Martin and pick his brain. The other person I'd want to sit with is probably Young Thug, who is one of the most influential rappers in the game right now. I don't really care if, if what haters think of him. I mean, he's just he's a legend, and it's so obvious to see how many other artists are influenced by Young Thug, like with their melodies and with their lyrics and with their music. And yeah, vocally, Young Thug takes singing and melodic rap to a whole new level. And listening to him has really opened up my mind and allowed me to get closer to finding my sound. You know, I want to pick his brain as well and even collab with him. That would be the sickest collab. Nice. And if you were to travel to any country, be in seclusion and develop an album, what country would it be and why? Jamaica, because the sickest albums have been created there. I remember when Snoop Dogg locked in and Jamaica changed his name to Snoop Lion, created this crazy funk reggae album. They have incredible studios and production there and i love the culture in jamaica i've been a few times and would love to to make a trip back there to make some music that would be sweet cool and i have one more question if you were an animal what animal would you be and why what would you say i'd be a lion because i'm from sierra leone uh, the land of the lions and yeah interesting so I have Israeli roots and Israeli heritage. My mom's side of the family is all from Israel, and they named me Jonah, so my real name is Jonah. And in Hebrew, it's Yonah, and that means dove. So I guess I'd have to just go with what my name means, a dove, which is a symbol for peace in Israel. That's amazing. I love Israel. I took a trip a few years ago with Halal, learned so much, and the country's beautiful, and I definitely want to go back and cannot wait. To, to make it back. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today, for sharing about yourself, your musical inspirations, what drives you. I know that I was really touched by this interview, and I know the listeners will also be super inspired and will also go and check out all of your music on every streaming platform and show some love. So shout out to you for being a real one, coming on, for keeping your energy light and great. See, a shout out to you too. I mean, this was, this was dope and I loved your questions and really made me think on my toes. Looking forward to what you got next. Thank you. I hope everyone has peace and love. If you could please 
rate and leave a comment on this podcast. That would be great. It would help us be more easily identifiable on iTunes and so on and grow our listenership and tell your friends. Thank you. For more chill content, visit the Trillis underscore podcast on Instagram, T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E.